Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. His name is Joel Goodwin. And I first met Joel through one of my friends, Kenya, because that is her brother. As you listen to the episode, you'll see that we all grew up in the same type of structure as far as religion was concerned. Uh, we grew up in the Adventist church. Um, so you're going to hear some phrases. You're going to hear Seventh day Adventist, and that's just people who go to church on Saturday. And there's a lot that goes along with that religion, but I'm not going to talk about it because we're about the relationship and not the religion. Um, he also mentions um, Sabbath school. And for those of you who may not know, that's just like, it's similar to Sunday school, only since they go to church on Saturday, they consider it Sabbath school instead of Sunday school. But it's the same concept of Sunday school. And then you'll hear Oakwood College, which is now Oakwood University, and that is also an, an Adventist college. So these are just some of the words you're going to hear, and these are just some of the meanings that you're going to hear behind the words. Now, I do want to say to anyone who's in any particular religion that this episode is not talking about your religion in any negative way. But what we are saying is that it is important to have that relationship because sometimes religion can give you a sense of, I'm better than you, and if you don't do it my way, then there's no way you're going to heaven. And that is not true. So that's the myth that we want to dispel, that it doesn't matter your religion. You don't even need to have a religion. As long as you have a relationship with God, that's all that counts. So you're going to hear some interesting things in this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Joelle Goodman. Hello, Joelle. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. It's good to see you. Nice to see you, too. It's funny how we met because you're Kenya's brother. That's right. So me being her friend, 
we met up that way. And you also are into music, so that's another reason. That's <laughs> that right. We met up and we started getting to know each other a little bit better. Absolutely. So I have some questions for you about God. And I know that um, sometimes our earliest memory of God starts when we're young in our childhood. So mm -hmm. just tell me a little bit, what was your childhood like? Oh, wow. It's very interesting. There's a lot of things I could probably say about my childhood. Obviously, I'm Kenyan's brother. Yeah. And um, we grew up in a house that was very God-centered. Both of our parents were very uh, super religious and also very involved in church. So, I mean, a lot of things in the house were constantly God-centered, which, of course, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So what was your earliest, earliest memory of maybe God and how did that come into play? In a, I know you say your house is very religious. So mm -hmm. how did they teach you about God when you were a child? Like, how did that go? You know, I think that um, I would say it was centered a lot, you know, around church. I think that um, uh, going to like things like cradle roll and also um, just some of the like, you know, what would you say, Sabbath school um, yeah. classes, you know, they will teach you about God there. And, you know, there were like books, of course, like the Uncle Arthur series or yes. Real Steps to Christ or whatever that that were, um, I guess, appropriate for um, younger readers and teaching them things about God. So I will say that was like some of the memories. And then, of course, like I said, just like family worship. Mm -hmm. um, I think that... um. I know every Saturday after church, like we would go out into nature, we'd go to a park or something like that. So I would say that, um, you know, my father especially was de definitely really big on uh, experiencing God in like nature. That, I would say that a lot, a lot of that definitely played into my first experiences um, when it comes to learning about God. So what was your perception of God like during this time? Like, what did you think about him? Um. I would say that this this may be where it takes an interesting turn. Um, the all the wonderful things that I was taught about God, and you know, just the stories I learned, and you know, just even the nature stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there was another side <laughs> of all this upbringing, and that was rules. Yes. So while I got the whole, you know, God is wonderful, God is great, God made all these things, it was also like God has like a million rules that you have to follow. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that my in my upbringing, there was a lot of emphasis on the rules. Right. That's so, yeah, so I would say that, you know, it was a little bit of, of, of both, you know, God is wonderful, all this stuff, but also, like I said, just... um you know, sometimes even the rules and trying to figure out what those rules were and trying to follow them in a lot of ways overshadowed, um, you know, just the wonderful things. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Because I always tell people, because like with the rules, it's like kind of hard to figure out. And I know for me, I kind of felt like at a point in time that no matter what I did, it was not worth doing because I could never be perfect. I can never mm -hmm. do the right thing. So I was at a point during my teenage years, I was just like, well, forget this. I might would just do what I want to do and just have fun yeah. because yeah. it's like, you just can't do all these rules. It was just seemed so overwhelming. So I can imagine you probably felt that way too. Absolutely. 
So what, I guess the question is, like, as you grew up, and I know you went to Oakwood College and everything, yes. did that change your view of things? Or, like, what did Oakwood do for you? Oh, wow. This is also interesting. I would say that um, I got a lot of the, you know, I think it was actually the rule part was magnified in a lot of ways. Um, because, you know, I was in a couple of departments. I was, like, in the religion department. I would say my... my my major starting out was like music and I had a minor in I don't even remember what I had a minor in <laughs> I have no idea. It might have been religion or something I don't know right. no it wasn't religion but I did I just I did take a lot of religion classes theology classes but um I can't remember what my minor was but um I do remember switching my major to communications and then uh just going undecided before I dropped out but I would say that being in those departments, the religion department, you know, they had their own set of rules. The music department had a really, really strict set of rules. And I think oh, that wow. definitely contributed to me um, maybe leaving that department mm -hmm. because it seemed like the rules um, kind of overshadow like learning about music because there were so many restrictions about what type of music we could learn, what kind of music we could play. Um, oh, wow. Or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like by the rules, just magnifying. It was just it was, it was like even more. So I would say that one of the ways that I um, like one of the things they helped was that there was a melting pot of people there. You know, some right. people followed all the rules, some people didn't. Mm -hmm. um, some people tried to do both. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time, people a lot, a lot of people picking and choosing what they were going to do and what they weren't. So meeting a lot of these people, um, I was able to find some more like-minded people mm -hmm. and we gelled and, you know, we tried to change the world together. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we did, of course, was like forming a choir that was Voice of Triumph. And I okay. think one of the biggest things we wanted to do with that was just give an alternative to what the Aeolians was at the time, which right. was like, they were just doing like basically anthems and they barely did gospel. Like I was actually saying bass in the Aeolians mm -hmm. and, um, the only time I got to play piano was like when they did like they would have like two or three gospel like maybe two or three gospel songs they did on a regular basis, and that's when I got to play piano for the Aliens. Is when they did those songs. Oh wow! Um, but besides that, um, I just stayed in my place in the tennis section. But yeah, like I said, it was just a lot more rules um, for a lot of those things. But like I said, because there were so many people coming in. Um, there was definitely that that big melting pot and I think that definitely helped me you know just meet so many people helped me to see that um maybe things weren't the same across the board with everybody and their right. upbringing you know growing up Adventist so that was very encouraging for sure and so I'm glad you brought that up because there are it's weird because it's like there are the rules and they're like people that follow the rules but then there's other people who brought up differently and you get a chance to see that and like oh so you didn't have to do this when you were a kid. And it's just interesting to know how everybody grew up in a different way. And I think that it helps a lot to see and to move out of like your environment to go somewhere else to see oh, that yeah. things don't always have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned dropping out of Oakwood. What led you to that decision and how do you feel that impacted your life? You know what? It was, it was interesting. I think that, um, me being becoming undecided, like I said, just going through the system and just um, looking at how things were, um, I, I was like 
I want to be a musician, but there's definitely no clear direction that I can find in the music department at Oakwood because of the leadership at the, in the music department at that time. It was warm and deaf. So then I went to, like I said, communications, but there still wasn't anything I could find in that department <laughs> that I was just like, okay, this is really resonating with me. And I just, I just feel so at home in, in this department. I think religion would be like the area where I probably found the most common ground with people. But at the same time, I was probably such a rebel and just thinking totally different than so many of them that I wouldn't have made it in there either. Cause I would have just, you know, I challenged everything while I was there, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I think that if I had gotten deeper into that department, I, I really would have been like the sore thumb for sure. So then, you know, Music was actually taking me to a point where I was able to get on the road and travel a lot. So awesome. that also interfered with school because I had bills to pay by that time too. So I was like, okay, sure. I think I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> no, I can totally understand that decision. But you said something interesting about the whole religion department where you liked it there, but you didn't exactly fit in because you were thinking differently. Mm-hmm. So in hindsight, do you think is that you were a quote unquote rebel or was it that you were just thinking outside the box and you were seeing things in a different light from everybody else? And it didn't mean that the way you saw things were wrong because I'm sure if they had listened to you, they probably could have fixed a lot of things, changed a lot of things, worked right. on a lot of things, and probably been like more visionary with the way they right, do things right, right. at this time. And I don't think that the people that I'm talking to now would be having these same, the same questions, the same issues, that they had back then if they had maybe talked to you. So do you uh, think maybe they just weren't ready to hear what you had to say? You know, it's funny because I found I found a couple of papers that I wrote during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was it Oakwood? I know one of them was called Afrocentrism in the Adventist Church. And it's one of the papers I wrote in one of my uh, religion classes. And it was very interesting looking back at that years later, you know, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about how far things have come, you know, in the last 20 years or so in the church when it comes to people expressing themselves. Uh, because, I mean, back then it was very much frowned upon. But I would say just a lot of things. I would say that um, rebellion, you know, like the word rebellion means a couple of different things. But rebellion especially has a negative connotation in religion. Mm-hmm. And especially, I will say one of the biggest things that uh, everybody quotes is that scripture where um, uh, Samuel was talking to Saul because he made some sacrifices before um, before he got there and you, they weren't supposed to do anything until yeah. Samuel got there. Saul panicked and did the sacrifices and he was like, you know, uh, Samuel was like, um, no, Saul was like, I've done, you know, what you commanded whatever. He's like, what is this, you know? Mm-hmm. you haven't done things like this and he said you know because you've done this like he said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft stubbornness is as, is as the sin of idolatry right and people have taken that like rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and just taking it out of totally out of context of the story yeah and it's like anytime you go against rules like you know it seems like religious people tend to just throw that rebel tag on you but I will say that my cause has always been, now, you know, even as a preface, like I fall short of my own goals and my own Mm -hmm. uh, standards at times. But I would say that more than anything, 
um, I've always just been like a Bible believer and just been like, yo, like, you know, whatever you believe about the Bible, but especially if you believe that the Bible is the word of God and mm-hmm. you claim to be a Bible believer and a Bible follower, then go by what the Bible says instead of like having your own or even your denomination's interpretation of what the Bible says and going with that. So I looked at like a lot of things that were happening in the religion department and elsewhere and just like, you know, it's cool you got your rules about this, but that ain't really in the Bible, no matter how much you try to say it is. Exactly. So I would say that that was, you know, so like I said, so people want to call that rebellion, like it's cool, you know, mm-hmm. it can be rebellion against man. And that ain't really what's, what's the sin of witchcraft is like, if you're just taking, you know, what God says and just going against that because you want to defy him that's rebellion right. but yeah it's just like looking at somebody's rules a man's rules and not following those it's not rebellion per se no not at all and i think sometimes you need people to question what is going on because if everyone just mm-hmm. goes along with the theory then you don't have a religion you have a cult because that's everybody's right. just going along and no one's asking questions you should be allowed to ask questions you should be allowed to have individuality and be who you are because i do believe god made all of us unique that's right. And everybody has something they can contribute. Everyone has something they can bring to the table. And mm-hmm. I just think it takes for people to listen to what other people are saying and not be so quick to judge just because it's not in their worldview or in their box. Mm-hmm. You have to look outside of that to see what people are saying. Because I do see that a lot of people have a lot of good ideas, but no one's listening to them. No one's paying attention because it's not in the box that we grew up in. And mm-hmm. like you said, they're labeled as a rebel. But if that's what a rebel is, then I'm good with that because you have to question and you have to have right. different opinions than what you've been taught. Because I think that's the whole thing. Like when you grow up, you're taught something else. But we have to also be able to form our own opinions and conclusions. Mm-hmm. You know, after we finish the baby stage, you have to, once you grow up to be an adult, you have to oh, that's have right. your own conclusions and opinions. That's right. And I was going to say, in, in every era, you know, there's different challenges and different things that, that you'll have that, you know, for example, I mean, like social media, for example, I mean, yeah. just, just what, 10, 15 years ago, you know, it was just really starting to take off. And now, you know, it, it rules the world in a lot of ways. It so does. that brings with it challenges and rules and perspectives that did not exist 10 15 years ago so if you try to operate even like you did 10 15 years ago in a world that's like totally taken over by social media then you're you're just already failing (laughs) yeah no it's true you definitely are because you have to change the way you do things at times to Mm -hmm. fit with what is happening and where people are because people their minds currently evolving because i know when i try to have devotion with my kids the questions they're asking i'm just sitting up there like okay <laughs> wow because they're thinking ahead they're asking different questions and you can't expect people to take things at face value just because you tell them these things that's right you have to expect them to ask questions because just because this is just how what you believe don't mean that they do because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at some of the things my kids ask me and i'm just sitting up there like i don't exactly know but yeah 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 if you do this or whatever but I'm, I let them have their own opinion, and I'm glad they ask these questions because as they grow up, they need to be able to make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so with that being said, I guess what I want to find out from you is 
I know that there has to have been an experience in your life where you knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was God, like the moment where you found him, which I know you say you grew up and you heard about him, but like, when did you meet him and actually know him and find him for yourself? Like, what was that like? I'll tell you, um, I would say that just um, as a matter of perspective, I I think I totally agree with searching the scriptures and his word to find out the things about him and the things about his character right and then look and look through life and see how his character is displayed in you know the life of other people and then also just the thing you know just the things that he's created right. and the things that happen you know your experiences and the way that he orders your steps or whatever else um so with that said i think that you know there's been like quite a few supernatural occurrences i would oh, say really? just just like just crazy stuff like just being able to you know just speaking for myself like just being able to see things mm-hmm. um you know like far uh, ahead of like when other people see them you know just kind of insights you know I wouldn't right. say like oh my god I'm a psychic or a prophet or anything like that it's not even like that but yeah. it's just weird I know a lot of times you know uh people will say oh my god like you know how did this happen but I would say I do see things a lot of times and it's crazy and I think that um a lot of things that I've said about the church, especially mm-hmm. over the years, um, and even specific churches, mm-hmm. um, it's been uh, bittersweet seeing some of that stuff actually happen after I see it and after I talk about it, because some stuff like is really good when it happens, but then some stuff is just like, so, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I know when that started happening with me, but like mm-hmm. I said, I look back at what I like you know like I said those Oakwood um papers that I wrote that I saw and I'm like wow like 20 years ago almost or whatever you know the stuff that I was writing about then I'm seeing come to pass now right. and uh, I'm just tripping out about it um I would say that like I said so that's it the revealed word of God is the Bible um and I would say that uh, seeing that God's word hasn't failed. Looking through history, looking through uh, experiences in my life, and just mm-hmm. lining them up with what the scriptures say, I'm just like, you know, okay, this has there has to be something else to this than just it being a book, or yeah. than it just being the words of men. And being able to apply that to my life has been amazing. I guess I'll give you a situation that really, really, really made me start to. Uh, look at things differently so I told you about all the rules and all the other kind of stuff Um, I would say one day when I was reading I went through a very interesting time in relationships so to speak Mm -hmm. and um, one of my relationships was with a young lady it was Pentecostal and you know like one of the biggest things I was doing was like as an Adventist I was like pointing out to her just how wrong some of say the leaders were, or some mm-hmm. of the things they were teaching and stuff like that, and just the way that sometimes organ church organizations are so um, toxic and right. maybe even abusive. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that, toxic and abusive is like just being like the the way we say things go is the way they go. Yeah, we have quote unquote the truth. And everything that you think outside of that is a lie. Right. 
and therefore you're inferior to us because you have the lie, we have the truth. Exactly, yeah. That's kind of like the bottom line. So I was kind of pointing this out about her and she started pointing it out about me. <laughs> and at that time I was like, oh my Lord, she's just trying to sway me out of what I quote unquote know to be the truth or whatever. Um, after we broke up, <laughs> I just remember um, one day reading the Bible and it may have been a passage in like Romans or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was something about like being saved by like grace i mean it wasn't necessarily the scripture of being like saved by grace not by works or whatever it was a similar yeah. scripture uh about that and at that time i read the scripture and then i read it again and i was like Ooh. in my mind like i just went back to like the way i did things growing up and the way i learned to do things and be like okay you know the bible you know, like it, it, it interprets itself. So I have to go back to this scripture and that scripture and justify what seems like a contradictory statement right. uh, compared to the things that I've learned. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, so if it says I don't have to work to be saved, so to speak. Um, but, you know, in the end times, the Lord is saying, <laughs> uh, you got to keep the commandments or whatever else. So, I was like, so if they're saying that, but the Bible doesn't contradict itself or go against itself, then the best thing for me to start doing is to read the Bible as is without additional interpretation. Yeah. You know, without just, Mm -hmm. without trying to, you know, say, you know, why would you read the Bible? And if it says one thing, like, why would you try to justify it by like, some man or woman's interpretation of what they think it means so for example when the bible says uh let no man judge you by uh meat or drink or holy days or or sabbath days uh, which are a sign of things to come so you know i take that whole passage and i'm like oh okay so the the meat part that he said that was about like meat offerings and drink was about drink offerings and uh you know, Sabbath, Holy Days was about, you know, maybe a Passover or something. Sabbath Days was like ceremonial Sabbath. So just whatever, like, like you know, just the kind of stuff that I learned growing up mm-hmm. compared to, you know, just according to man's interpretation. And I'm like, what if I just read the scripture and take it for what it says? Like, it doesn't give those additional explanations. No, nope. That's something that man gave. So then I looked and when I looked at that passage of scripture, especially, I'm like, this is like everything I've ever been doing. I've been judging people on what they eat, what yeah. they drink, what kind of holy days they observe. And I was like, yo, like, I got this, like, <laughs> I got this all wrong. I'm well out out here. Yes, exactly. And it's easy to do because it's like, once you think about it, like when you have a religion and they have mm-hmm. all these rules about what to do, what not to do. They kind of like put, set you up to be against people who aren't doing the exact same thing. And it's like, you don't notice it while you're in it and while you're doing it. But it's almost for me a form of control because it's like, if you don't do this, yes. then we're going to shun you. Maybe not the way the um, some people shun other people, but we're just going to let it be known that you're not doing what we want, to do, want you to do. Mm-hmm. And they'll go on like that. And so you begin to feel like, 
oh, well, I'm doing the right thing. So you must be wrong. And then you start looking at everybody like they're doing the wrong thing because they're not doing what you're doing. Yep. And I have, and I see it. It's like, it's not even just Adventist. It's like any major religion have it set oh, up where they will shun whoever's not doing the right thing. If your skirt's not long enough, then people will say something. If you listen to this kind of music, people will talk. If you do this, it's just like nonstop. And we don't realize how we've become Christians in general have become a bunch of like the most judgmental oh, people around. Like we're not forgiving, we're not loving, we're judgmental. And there's actually no room for people in church who are not perfect because we make mm-hmm. it that into that type of environment. So no, I totally Yeah. So I was gonna, and so I would say after that, like I really started like just studying the scriptures, like I said, just just for what they are and like taking mm-hmm. scriptures like that and realizing that. I could no longer um, judge people uh, off of like things that I believe that the Bible isn't telling me to judge people off of. So it allowed me to experience um, love, you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and the way God would operate like with love and, you know, just starting to read passages about love and the way that it's actually expressed. It helped me, you know, not only to experience God like that, but to start to learn to experience people, you know, and also treat people in the same way. And that's why God, of course, says that the two great commands are, you know, to love God and then to love others. So I would say that that love is what, you know, made me actually start to really experience God um, in a more proper way, learning um more about his character and learning what his actual uh, commands are. You know, G- Jesus said, if you love me, uh, keep my commandments. And, you know, he gave, he didn't give that many commandments on earth, but the big command that he gave besides those two, I mean, all, I would say all three commandments that he gave, you know, first one being love, love the Lord your God, love your neighbors yourself. Mm-hmm. And then he, he said again, you know, a new command I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. See, that's the key. And it's like a lot of people don't see that one. Like as I have loved you. So if God loved us so much, then we have to love other people the same way that he loved us. And that just means that a lot of things that we do and think about people and say about people, even how we just deal with people on a regular basis, it's like we can't do that anymore. And I know for me, when I started just reading the Bible for, like you said, what it was and not, referring to anything else and also just trusting mm-hmm. that okay this is what it says this is what I'm going that's by right. that's right and this is just what it is I realized that man I had tons of flaws myself like there was no room for me to point out anything to anybody like mm-hmm. at this point in time I don't even feel like I even had the right even if somebody is doing something that they probably should right. not be doing I don't even feel comfortable coming to tell them about it I feel like I should probably just pray about them and mm-hmm. ask God to help them and show them because I see in myself where I have so many flaws. And I was reading the other day that um, it's the things that are inside that defiles you. So my heart is not right. right. And if That's I'm right. like hypocritical and so judgmental, then I think I'm in bigger trouble than the people who are drinking and doing all the other stuff because at mm-hmm. least they know what their problem is. But mm-hmm. I can't see mine because I'm behind this wall of religion. So. Yes. That is what I have recognized in myself. And it's like, wow, I didn't even realize all of this is possible. But it's just a lot of things that you realize when you just get past the whole religion part and just put that aside and just yep. have a relationship with God. Because 
yeah, that takes you on a whole different journey that you would never expect to go on. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's done for me. So nope. since, so I guess what I want to ask is, is there anybody out here who's listening about God and religion and people who are looking for him, what advice would you give them to help them find him if they're looking for God right now? Well, I would say that um, this is interesting because um, just as a part of my background, you may know of my connection to like, you know, music and yeah. different different communities within music. And I would say the people that I have probably bonded with and relate to the most are people in the heavy metal community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been a metalhead like most, if not all of my life. Um, and, you know, go to a lot of concerts, meet a lot of people. I've done a bunch of music in that genre outside of like gospel and, you know, the regular R&B and jazz stuff, you know, yeah. just metal has been a huge part of my life. So um, I would say that the people that have come to me, you know, and like I've had a whole lot of people, in fact, somebody reached out to me the other day via inbox that, that knows me and just asked me a bunch of questions about God and stuff. And I would say that, uh, you know, if you have some people, like if you, if you have some questions about God, uh, find some people just like they did with me that, mm-hmm you've been around and you know that you feel like maybe they embody um, what a godly character would be, or at least some kind of positive character um, and something that isn't toxic and abusive and, you know, talk to those people and uh, maybe get a few perspectives on God from them and, you know, find ways to experience the word of God. Like, like both of us have been saying without, the uh preconceived uh lenses and you know notions that um you've heard and you've experienced like maybe growing up because when you like i said like both of us have just said um once you take away like everybody's perception of what a scripture is and just read it for what it says there's some really rich and beautiful uh things that you can find out Mm -hmm. and discover and experience um, within the scriptures and then even the way he'll reveal himself outside of scripture but yeah you know and of course the other key to that is like i said people that are just really walking the walk um you know just being around some of those kind of people yeah. because you know because of my equal parts like association with people that might not uh be your typical church people and then also um the integrity that I've at least tried to have and that integrity, not necessarily being like, Oh, I'm perfect around these people, but more so that I'm honest. <laughs> and that means um, honesty goes a long way. Yeah. You know, and I, I just try to be as real as possible. Just about, you know, not just my struggles, but also just, you know, my faith and all that. So therefore people feel comfortable enough, you know, that aren't saved necessarily, but maybe questioning, you know, to come to me at certain times and ask me questions about, um, uh, you know, faith and religion and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but it's also a very beautiful thing. It is. And I think something you said is very important, like honesty about your struggles as well. Because so many times we don't highlight the struggles. Nothing mm-hmm. we do in life is about struggles. Social media, most of the time, happy things. Instagram, happy. And so <laughs> you expect to see like this whole happy facade all the time. But I think it comes to a point, because people are hurting. People are like oh, yeah. dealing with a lot of things. And I feel like we're just brushing over it because 
we don't see it or we don't know how to deal with it or we're just too afraid to be honest with them and just let them know hey I was there because that would mean that maybe we're just not as perfect as we thought that we put ourselves in that situation so that is very important and I'm glad you brought that up because I think it needs to be said all right well thank you so much and I am so happy that you shared your story with me and I know a lot of people are going to get something from this so thank you Joelle and I appreciate it Blessings to you. Much love. God bless everyone. God bless. Wow, what an amazing interview. My favorite part of the interview was when Joel talked about how he changed when he read a verse that talked about how you shouldn't judge people based off of traditions and what days they kept and all of these things. And he realized that that is what he had been doing his whole life because that's what he was taught. And he realized that it was about loving people and meeting people where they were instead of trying to give them a list of rules and regulations that they had to do to reach God. And I like that. And here's why. I feel that so many times we just get caught up in religion and people feel as if there's a whole bunch of things you have to do to access God. That is not true. We do not have to be perfect. We don't have to keep certain days. We don't have to eat certain things. We can just come to God as we are and God will receive us because he loves us that much. And I think that when people are so caught up in religion and rules and regulations and legalism, they forget about love. They forget about the fact that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Even Jesus, when he came to this earth, did not condemn people. He came to help them. If you just read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that when Jesus came to earth, he helped people. He met them where they were. He was loving. He was kind. He didn't condemn them. He didn't judge them. And he was God, you know, he was God and he didn't do any of those things. So why is it that we feel like as humans, we have a right to judge people and determine whether they're going to go to heaven or hell based on what we think they should or should not be doing. So I love this interview because it brings all of that to the forefront that it's about a relationship with God and not so much the religion that you have or even the church you go to, but it's about that relationship with God. God has so much love for us and he wants us to give that same love that he has for us. He wants us to spread it and share it to the world to let the world know that God loves them. Now the song we're going to listen to is from our artist of the week, Patience. And this song is called Northern Lights and it talks about how God's love is like the Northern Lights and how he loves us so much and how his love is rare and that most people love you because of things that they can get from you or things that they want from you. But God loves us unconditionally because he is love. So here's the song, Northern Lights, by our artist of the week, Patience. No! 
Pulling off the side, we catch flights flying In and out of these time zones We chasing love in all different forms Hoping we can keep our mind blown We got it wrong, trying to swerve right Hoping we can stay up all night We've been told to find love in the club But that's a lie that leads to another fight On the inside, we find pride that tries to hide But it will divide our sound mind That will remind every passion we was given with the worship God We so tired, where can we begin? To find a true love we can rest in A love that's so rare, you can see it in the air It's for this kind of love we were destined So we turn up, don't shut down Understand what we can have now A love so bold, a sight to behold But we light up the sky when we touch down Don't run now, let's plan a trip To head to a place where our faith is lit Close to the one who gave his only son True love and stick to the main script But you know that it's worth it So my love like the northern Can be seen that's in the air to catch a glimpse of that you can't stand here. Gotta head to the north and southern hemisphere. Not every year, but almost 13. For this beauty that's your nature to be clearly seen. Those who've been a couple times might take it for granted. But for us seeing this is only a dream. It's the same thing when I think of God. The love that He's given to a heart and heart. We hear His name so much, we get numb to His touch. But others that I see, we disregard. Like the northern lights, He's so beautiful. His love should entice everyone to go. Witness His bliss, have His presence in our midst. Take an unclenching fist and make your mind whole. This world's cold, we got the sun and it counterfeits. But He's the one who gave His life for all. And seven times He called. He'll never let us fall like after the summer. You don't have to wonder where the church is. You spend your time in them verses. True love will reveal this more than what you feel. You'll be sealed and you see that it's worth it. This world's cold, but we got the sun. Many counterfeits, but he's the one that gave his life for all. And since every time he called, he'll never let us fall like after the summer. You don't have to wonder where the church is. Spend your time in them verses. True love will reveal it. It's more than what you feel. You'll be sealed and you see that it's worth it, man. But you know that it's worth it. So chase my love like the northern. Send me an mp3 of the song you want to submit 
and just put song submission and I will definitely make sure I listen to it and get that in the program as well. Well, I think that's all for today. Um, if there's anything you guys want to tell me or want me to know, feel free to contact me on social media and that information is found in the show notes. But I think that's all for today. So until I talk to you again next Friday, have an amazing day, enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you again next Friday as we listen to more stories of how people find God.